Hello world, first in your roundup of hacking news. For years, Discord has been a useful weapon in the toolbox of many hackers. Everyone from small-scale cybercriminals up to Russian state-sponsored hackers love Discord for the very simple reason that it's great for hosting files. Forget Dropbox or Google Drive. If you need to quickly send someone a file, just drag it into Discord, right-click and tap copy to grab a direct download link, which never expires. Even if you delete the original message from Discord, that file remains permanently hosted in the cloud. Not only is this useful for us mere mortals to share stale memes, but cybercriminals love this because not only does it provide somewhere for them to host their malware, but these links are direct download links. So there's no annoying landing page that makes a victim wait a couple seconds before for downloading. It also means that the links can be embedded within malicious scripts. The icing on the cake though is that the Discord domain name is well trusted, so downloads are way less likely to be blocked by a victim PC than if they came from some obscure Russian file hoster. All this has led to an absolute explosion of Discord being used to host infectious files. But with a recent analysis finding that thousands of different malware samples are abusing Discord to host malware, the party is coming to an end. Recently announced changes mean that from now on, if you copy a download link from Discord, you'll find it has three parameters tacked on the end, one being an expiration timestamp, because these links are now going to spontaneously combust after just 24 hours, so they're just not going to be all that useful to cybercriminals anymore. Because, for example, by the time a victim reads a phishing email with a malicious Discord download link, that link will likely already be dead. However, this won't make a difference at all to downloading files within the Discord client, as those links will automatically update when they expire. Whilst these new parameters are already live, they don't actually do anything yet. You can just delete them and the download link works fine. However, that'll change from next month when this whole system goes live. If you're subscribed to this channel, there's a 0.2% chance that your sensitive personal data has just been stolen by a certain ransomware gang. That's because 0.2% of you guys just so happen to live in the US state of Maine, whose government has just admitted that it was hacked, resulting in the theft of 1.3 million of Maine's residents' data. And given the state's population is only 1.37 million, pretty much everyone in Maine is affected. The list of data stolen is pretty extensive, which is now in the hands of the Klopp ransomware gang. These guys exploited a vulnerability in certain software that Maine's government was using to transfer files. This is most definitely not an isolated incident. Earlier this year, hundreds of organizations started reporting they'd fallen victim to Klopp ransomware. And all of them had one thing in common, they'd been using Moveit, an enterprise-grade file transfer solution. It's meant to be super secure, ensuring compliance with a bunch of regulations, which is why a hell of a lot of government departments and businesses use it. But Klopp came across the holy grail of ransomware gangs, a zero-day SQL injection vulnerability in Moveit, which gave Klopp access to sensitive data being held by governments and big businesses that rely on it. Maine's government is only the latest victim to reveal themselves. But there is some good news. Klopp hasn't leaked any of the stolen data or even listed Maine on their dark website. Instead, they say, and bear with me here because the broken English is very broken, we now delete more of 30 companies that are government. 
which seems to be them saying that they don't want to extort or publish the data of governments like Maine. This isn't unheard of, cyber bad guys often avoid targeting governments because the consequences of angering someone with unlimited resources far outweighs the tiny chance they'll cave and actually pay the ransom. But Maine isn't taking any chances. The government is encouraging people to call a dedicated hotline to see if their data is involved, though I can't imagine the hold times with over a million people trying to phone in. In certain circumstances like this, you don't realistically have much of a choice but to just cross your fingers and hope your data stays protected. But something you can actively protect yourself from is misinformation and biased news. This is where today's sponsor Ground News comes in. Ground News is an independent app and website that compiles news articles into one place so you can easily compare coverage. I've been using the Vantage plan with Ground News for my research because it helps me see the full story from all perspectives. For instance, this data brief story has more than 20 sources that mainly lean towards the center, but given the 11% low factuality rating, it means there could be sensationalized headlines in the mix. I particularly like how I can see the ownership, factuality, and bias labels for each source, which provides a new level of transparency. For example, Mashable, with mixed factuality, says the breach was with the entire state's population, whereas Tech Radar with high factuality says nearly all state residents were affected. Despite being the same story, it's framed slightly differently. And of course, you can follow the specific topics that interest you, like cybersecurity, hacking, or tech. Right now, they're having their biggest sale of the year. You can get 40% off their Vantage subscription if you use my link at ground.news/satonic in the description below, or you can subscribe to their pro plan for less than a dollar a month. I really like what Ground News is doing here, and I hope you'll check them out. You're going to love this story. If you've ever found yourself casually browsing the dark web out of boredom, you will have come across Hitman for Hire darknet sites. There's tons of them out there, but as is well known, the ones that aren't FBI honeypots are just outright scams. But every so often, some idiot with a grudge who's heard of the mysterious dark web downloads the tall browser and orders one of these hitmen, only to end up in jail. This is where rentahitman.com comes in. It's a clear net site that parodies dark web murder for hire services. And as far as parodies go, this is as good as it gets. Tired of getting bullied? Rent a Hitman has assisted individuals just like you who have been the victim of bullying at the gym, in the office, or at the club. With a wide variety of solutions available, we ensure that your situation is resolved accordingly with the proper care and attention it deserves. The website has customer testimonials and even discount packages for seniors and group buys. It's obviously a parody site, I mean, they sell merch. Surely no one is dumb enough to believe that this is an actual Hitman for Hire site and unironically fill out the contact form for a free consultation, right? Well, think again, because the DOJ has just revealed that on one summer's afternoon last year, someone requested a free consultation going by the name Jasmine Brown. The owner of rentahitman.com immediately contacted the FBI, who put Jasmine in touch with an undercover agent going by the name Ace. The pair met up at a Waffle House in New Orleans, where Jasmine explains that she'd been having a feud with another woman over social media and, well, wanted her dead. After they agreed on a price of just $1,000, which seems suspiciously cheap, Jasmine paid a down payment of $100, after which she was arrested on the spot. Jasmine, otherwise known by her real name, Zandra Ellis, has just been jailed for 18 months. But this isn't a one-off case. The operator of rentahitman.com claims that over the years, he's disrupted over 150 credible murder for hire requests. 
White Hat hackers have demonstrated how a keylogger, hidden within a keyboard, can abuse Apple's Find My Network in order to steal keystrokes. As is well known, Apple's Find My Network harnesses the worldwide network of all iOS devices in order to locate lost Apple products. After being separated from its owner, an AirTag sends out frequent pings, which are picked up by the iPhones of random passers-by, which then tack on GPS coordinates of the ping and sends the data back to Apple so the owner can track down their missing item. But a couple years back, researchers reverse-engineered the Find My protocol, discovering that Apple actually did a really good job of privacy here. The location reports can only be decrypted by the owner of the missing item, and because of how the Find My protocol is designed, Apple can't even see which AirTags belong to your Apple ID. Apple's focus on privacy, whilst laudable, inadvertently made possible some interesting uses of the network. Using a cheapo Bluetooth development board, it's possible to emulate a bunch of AirTags, encoding short strings of arbitrary data in their public keys. Then, this data can be pieced together by the receiver, creating a kind of global one-way communication channel. Whilst all this research did come out a couple of years back, it's only now been put to use in something more practical. German researchers embedded an Evil Crow keylogger that can be bought for just $35 within a keyboard. By default, this keylogger just spawns a Wi-Fi hotspot that an attacker can connect to in order to retrieve locked keys. But the chip that powers the Evil Crow, an ESP32, also supports Bluetooth, which the researchers used to emulate a bunch of homeless AirTags, harnessing the Find My Network to send keystrokes back to a would-be attacker. The researchers achieved a bandwidth of 26 characters per second, which is pretty good, but it came with a potentially unlimited latency, because that just depends on how often an Apple user happens to stroll by. But with 2 billion Apple devices worldwide, it shouldn't take long. Whilst using the Find My Network to send keystrokes might not be quite as reliable than, say, a 3G dongle hidden within the casing of a keyboard, it is a hell of a lot stealthier, and it's free. However, there probably won't be an explosion of malicious keyboards abusing this in the wild, because IRL use of hardware keyloggers, regardless of the exfiltration method, is incredibly rare. There's only a handful of publicly known cases of these things being used maliciously, and more often than not, it's just some kid trying to get their teacher's creds so they can change their grades. As always, thanks for watching, and I'll see you in the next video. Have a good one.